Trojan Nation. Welcome back to the Troy Boys podcast. We are coming to you live after a gigantic victory over Southern University, 55-3. to Birdman, how are you feeling? Man, there is nothing like going back home to Veterans Memorial Stadium and leaving with such a huge win over such a pretty decent team. I'll say that much. It was it was it was an exhilarating experience all day Saturday. No, I I, I mean I, I can't agree with you more. Um, you know, we were like the lid on a jar of peanut butter. We covered the spread. Troy came out and did exactly what we needed to do. And and I think even then some. Um, you know, uh, both all three phases looked good. Um, the fans looked good. The game day experience was great. Um, it was an amazing day. And obviously, yes, there can be the, you know, the, the cynical reaction of, well, you know, Southern, what are they? But, you know, Southern was, has been on like top five FCS watch lists this year. And, mm-hmm. and they just played a full season, you know, not four months ago. So, I mean, part of that, I, you know, yes, we have a better uh, level of athleticism. Um, but there's also a part of that that I'm like, you know, these guys are out here playing for scholarships too. Um, and, and we came out and just absolutely dominated. So very happy to see it. Uh, what was your highlight of the day watching Troy play? To be honest, my biggest highlight was just the explosiveness and the energy in the stadium. Powell, he got out there and like, well, he went like 17 for 28, dude, but he went out there and he was explosive. Like he made contact. He made very good passes. And like, he was on the money. Like if that pass wasn't caught, it's because the receiver didn't do their job. And I mean, you come out there at the beginning of a game with a 12 play drive, and what, 76 yards, and you score in the first quarter like that, you're going to win football games. That's how you win football games. And I really think that whole that whole first five or ten minutes was just my highlight because that's when we knew Troy football was back. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, I, I'm worried people that listen to this podcast, uh, by the way, the number one unofficial Troy football podcast in the world, and even more importantly, the number one unofficial Troy football podcast in Germany, Thank you, Apple Analytics, <laughs> for letting us know that. 5% of our listeners are in Germany. Um, you know, so danke to our German friends. Oh. Um, but my, I mean, let me, t- people are going to think that this podcast is about Taylor Swift um, because that's the way, that's the loving way in which I'm going to talk about Taylor Powell. Whatever they call Taylor Swift's fans, uh, that's me for Taylor Powell. I mean, he, <laughs> just seeing him out there, I mean, he's just – he's a natural quarterback. Um, and uh, he made – he didn't always make the best decision. But that's not what we need a Troy quarterback to do. We need him to come out and lead the team. Mm-hmm. And he came out and led the team. Um, you know, and Gunner played in the fourth. Gunner 
he was at 100%. I mean, he, he tossed like five for five, 60 cup, 69 yards or something in a touchdown. But Taylor Powell is the guy I wanted a foxhole with me. You know, I mean, he just came out there and made the right decisions. He was absolutely fearless. So, so very proud of his performance. Um, this is going to be hard, Bird. So, I'm gonna, you know, get your little bird talons out and dig around like you're digging for a worm. What was your low point of the game? Man, well, if I'm being completely honest, my low point of the game was actually Southern's band. Not because oh. they were, Not because they were terrible, though but because they absolutely destroyed that halftime show in Stan Tunes, and I was upset because I started having fun with their band <laughs> and not the sound of the South. Bro. That was, a, it was, and I'm, I'm one to admit it, man. I'm one to admit it. It was, it was, it was sad, but I have to that. give, I have to give props to, I've, I've got to give props to Southern, man. Their band was on fire and Seabass, he would say the same thing if he was on right now. Bert, I know, I know you're Protestant, but you need to go to confession next Sunday um, because I can't. I mean, this podcast cannot suffer much love for bands that are not sots, bro. Blow sots, still blow, blow sots, no still blow um, sots. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm, uh, yeah. Um, I guess the low point for me, to be honest, and now, now I'm going to feel like the real Grinch because I have an actual low point. Um, you know, I thought the offensive line still showed some struggles. Um, yep. There were moments in that game, and, you know, like I said, Southern is not a bad football team. Uh, if you don't believe me, if you're listening to this podcast and you think, oh, Southern is a terrible team, just drive down to Baton Rouge, I'll pay for your gas, and let one of their defensive ends come from four yards away and hit you at full speed, and then mm-hmm. tell me how bad they are, okay? Um, because you'd end up in traction. But, like, the offensive line should be a resource for us this year. We have older guys. We have experienced guys, guys, super seniors, guys that have come back from that extra year off of COVID. Um, And I was just kind of disappointed with the pressure that Taylor saw, the lack of holes that BJ was dealing with and Kamani was dealing with. I really hope that – in the fog of war that was this massive victory that chip didn't lose the opportunity to say to our offensive line, Hey guys, you, this, you, we've really got to work on this because they, they did not, they were not in um, top third of the Sunbelt form during that game. I'm on the same page with you. I feel like, in a way, the offensive line, like you said, they really have some things they need to work on because Powell saw a lot of pressure. And like you said, there were a lot of holes that were being filled and they shouldn't have been filled. But on top of all that, because the O-line did you know, kind of suffer a little bit during that game, we got to see what the backfield was really able to do with, not, with the hands in their face. Uh, so – so I, I definitely say that's a low point also, but I'm glad to see that we got some guys back there who are able to not shut down whenever the O-line isn't doing their job. But I can only imagine what our offense can do if our O-line can give it 100% every play. Yeah, and we've got to find that out. If we're going to make it through games like this Saturday, um, we're going to absolutely have to know what it looks like for our offensive line to, to give Taylor Powell some time. Most you know, definitely. I mean, don't, do not make me offensive line start recording TikToks with like a sheet <laughs> over my head being like, leave Taylor alone. Don't make me do that. 
Like just come out, you're your big man, block somebody and make a play. Um, so that was the low point. Obviously, very hard for both of us to pick a real low hard. point from a 55 to 3 win. I hope that's where we are for the rest of the season. We're about to go into a segment that I am more excited about than I have been about a lot of segments. Um, we are going to hear about kind of maybe an undercover or or just somebody in the Troy football program that needs a little press and that our buddy Bird has seen from his from his bird's eye view that <laughs> needs to get a little praise. And we call that segment the best in the nest. Oh yeah. And so and so Bird, go ahead and give us for this week who needs a little who needs a little light from above. Who in the Troy football program is the best in the nest? Man, I really just want to give a, some recognition and a shout out to number 74, Cameron K. He is a long snapper and also in parentheses short snapper, according to Troy University's roster. Uh, he was recently selected to the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl Big Board. That is a mouthful, by the way. But sure. he... He, he's on special teams, and he. I want to just highlight him because when I was at Troy, I had classes with this dude. Real down-to-earth guy, super nice, and, like, very, very smart. And, like, you know, getting to sit here and go to class with some of these football players, and you see them, they go to class all day, and then they go to practice all day. And this was a guy who was a walk-on. He was a walk-on onto Troy's football team. And I will never forget the day that I saw the video posted where Coach Neil Brown, when he was around, he gave Cameron Kay a scholarship after like a what half a season, a season of him working hard and then the offseason. This man just got out there and proved himself. And then now he's over here getting selected to this collegiate bowl board. And it's just pretty insane. And I just want to give a shout out to him because this man has gone out here. He's played every game. He's got top grades. And, you know, we got the guys in the backfield and the quarterback and the D-line that's out there getting recognized, but I really think that this guy is going to be somebody special. And, and I don't know if he is planning on going pro, but if he did go pro or he did anything with football outside of this, he's going to give it his all. And I'm excited to see where his future goes. Well, Cameron K, any member of Cameron K's family, uh, feel free, go in the attic, go in the basement, go up on the shelf get all the awards, get this new NFLPA big board, throw them on the garbage. You just got named best in the nest. Congratulations, Cameron K. You deserved it. Hard working Trojan. I love Troy walk-on guys. They absolutely embrace the whole spirit of the program. Bird, you knocked it out of the park. You knocked it out of the park hose so hard, you might actually be the best in the nest, but I'm not going to allow that to happen. We're not going to go there. We're not going to become that meta just yet. Up next, we are going to let you listen in to what I would describe as an amazingly hilarious and beautiful interview that is the first in the Troy Boys series of Know Your Foe. Everybody knows Saturday, we are going up against Liberty University, home of the Flames. And Bird and I, we went out and we talked to a literal 
Liberty legend. One of the first students to ever suit up for a Liberty football team. The first ever graduate assistant for the Liberty football program. We sat down with that guy. He told us what what his time was like at Liberty, what he thinks about the team now. And then he gave us his thoughts on the game this Saturday. Uh, so please go ahead and listen to this very first inaugural Know Your Foe segment. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Doing good. Doing good, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing fine. David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Hey, man. I'm excited about so football. Much. It's my favorite time of year. College football. I'm a college football junkie, so... You got to get back down here to the south, man. I mean, this. I, you, um, you know, I've made some trips to to Lynchburg on occasion. So, and I love Atlanta. I usually fly into Atlanta and then drive. So, okay, well, cool. If I if I lived in the south, I'd I'd weigh two hundred and fifty pounds, and I'm at one ninety. <laughs> so. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you were a lot more than 190 when you were lining up as offensive guard for the. Uh, well, the okay. Now you got to remember though. one thing, guys. This was back in the 70s, the early 70s. So if you were like a 215, that was real common. You know, we didn't have these 300 pound linemen that can run the 40 and 47 in those days. Hmm. So you're saying like offensive lineman back then? I mean, if you were if you were 230 pounds, that was big. That was a good size, yeah, yeah. Now I was one of the smaller offensive linemen, but I was the quickest. So that's how I ended up on special teams and everything too, because I could uh, I could cover the field pretty good. I ran a um, about a five one forty, which that's not bad in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, that's that's freaking amazing. <laughs> So when you were, what was it like being on the very first squad for a college's football team? Okay. So this was like, uh, an experiment in the making, you know, every day was like an adventure because, um, we're just, it, we were like the crash test dummies and, <laughs> um, we had out of, there were about, um, say almost 90 guys showed up for, opening camp. And by the time I graduated as a senior, I was the first graduate assistant there too, by the way. But at any rate, um, when I graduated as a senior, I believe there were 20 of us that played all four years that, that were still there. And the facilities were nothing um, like what they enjoy now up on that mountain. We, uh, <laughs> we just practice on uh, the practice field was was not all that great. I mean, it was adequate, but it was nothing fancy. Not, I mean, we did not have an indoor practice facility. <laughs> and um, we washed our own whites pretty much. Uh, some wow. of the players on the team didn't wash them for the whole season, and we tried to avoid those guys pretty much. <laughs> but, um, we are so appreciative for you being on the Troy Boys podcast. Um, obviously, you are like we could not have gotten a more, uh, you know, original Liberty football person to talk to us. That's um, probably and, true. That's probably I true. I mean, yeah, as you as you told me today, um, you referenced uh, your jersey number 67. You were the very first 67, right? That's it. First 67 and first graduate assistant. <laughs> so that's it. I mean, anybody yeah. else who wears that number, they're wearing your jersey. Exactly. I mean, they just have to accept that. Exactly. Um, 
But let's talk a little bit about the Liberty Flames this year, which I think you're going to be excited to do. Yeah, uh, because yeah. You, your alma mater is in good shape. Not only they are. Did y'all did y'all come in with people thinking um, you were probably right on the verge of being ranked in the top 25, but you have a guy whose name I think we're probably going to say about 12 times in the next three minutes, uh, Malik Willis. I've heard of him. Absolute, he's, <laughs> he is an absolute Heisman candidate playing group of five ball. Yeah. You know, uh, Mr. Week. Herb Street gave him a lot of love. You know that. Well, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I appreciate that. And and last week you guys took care of Campbell, 48-7. to seven. Um, Malik went out and, and kind of had, for him, a real workman's performance, 217 yards and a touchdown on 15-23 passing. He ran for 55 yards and a score. Um, y'all, y'all let some guys from the student body come out and throw the ball around. Even they scored. Uh, you had, <laughs> I think, three or four different uh, running backs score a touchdown. Uh, Demario Douglas, who I think is a, a real under-highlighted part of y'all's right. team, he had seven grabs, 84 yards, mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Um, you know, defensively, Javon Scruggs, who your team, y'all are going to yep. talk about him all Scruggs. year. He's, Don't forget he's a, about Darrell. Don't forget yeah. about Darrell. Hey, I mean, it, it hurts me to say this because this is the Know Your Foe segment. I wish I had less to talk about, but you have an excellent team up there in Liberty. You had a great team last year. Right. Everybody came back. Well, we're very loaded. deep so at wide receivers. And you mentioned um, you mentioned Douglas, but you, uh, Daniel, C.J. Daniels and D.J. Stubbs. I think D.J. Stubbs. All these guys make big plays, and they got wheels. You know, so you, that- out in the open field, if you let them, I mean, it's over. They'll take it to the house. I, I expect us to win. I, I think – to beat Liberty, you're going to have to score over 30 points. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, we uh, after the game that we had this past weekend against Southern uh, University, uh, our our defense. Uh, the one thing I kept telling Joe was our defense has got to come in there, and our defense has got to just make some open field tackles and just stop them throwing the ball. And there was a good two quarters where the guys at Southern they they had negative rushing yards. Uh, so do you think if we can bring a good defense in there that we can play some real ball with Liberty? Yeah. Well, see, so you got to make them one-dimensional, and you have to stop Malik's feet. Mm-hmm. Just make him throw. <clears throat> if you can keep him from, from any um, – because he, he makes so many yards out of broken plays and things that look like they're going bad. And uh, But if you can stop the run, his, his rushing yardage – and make him beat you throwing. He makes way more mistakes throwing. Sometimes he gets real punchy, and he'll throw something out there that should never have been thrown. And so, um, because he he has been intercepted quite often, but he he has a short memory. That's one. That's one thing about Troy. Uh, we we get we get in there and we win some big games, and then we forget where we're going sometimes, and mm-hmm. we can we, we can always trip up. And that's the one thing we got to remember about these football teams. It's like a, after we celebrate that win, we got 24 hours, and it's time to focus on the next team. Uh, Do you so, guys um, fill up your stadium? You're gonna is there gonna be a big crowd there? Uh, well. I, I personally never seen us fill it up, but we have in the past two to three years. I know we have broken stadium records uh, for attendance, especially okay. with uh, uh, we have different one military appreciation day and uh, right. all, and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, but this year, I'm, we're hoping that with everything going on with 
uh, you know, some guidelines being a little less restrictive because of COVID. We're hoping to see a bigger crowd, at least for homecoming this year. Yeah, well, Alabama, if there's ever a place where you want to play a game, it would be Alabama because their restrictions are, are nothing like out here. That is so, that is very true. That is uh, <laughs> now I noticed our governor. I call him a governor, but he he made a he tried to make a like for these public public games where there's more than twenty thousand in there that you're required to wear a mask. The game mm. during the whole game. I looked at the Rose Bowl last week with UCLA and LSU, and maybe ten percent of the people had masks on. And I loved it personally. I thought it was great. I thought it was great because that's not the way he wanted it. He said you have to have your mask on, and they just said, uh, "Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a different world we're living in." But I I think that's the one thing about football season. It kind of brings us back down a little bit and kind of brings people together. I don't I don't know how it is out there in L.A., but I know down here in the South, man, football season that's the best time of the year for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alabama's. Georgia, all that, all that SEC country and everything is is that they live and breathe that stuff. So, mm-hmm. I got one more question for you, real quick, before we hop off. Can you can you tell us what was your best game that you remember playing when you were a Liberty Flame? Well, one of the one of the best. Well, when we when we beat Virginia Tech's JVs, because I had a couple, I had a couple awesome hits during that game. Like on a kickoff, I I knocked two guys. Just I, I just knocked them flat, just ran over them. And they even said, good hit. You know, and when you're playing the JVs, you're essentially you're playing their second string. So they we came out on the field, on their field, not in the stadium, but a, a nice AstroTurf practice field. And um, you could tell they had no respect for us and that they thought that, you know, and they were real cocky and arrogant. And uh, we punked them. I mean, we punked them. <laughs> and so uh, – that was great. That was that was one of the big ones. And of course, we have a lot of Virginia kids on that team. So to beat Tech, that was um, they really appreciated it more than I would. I mean, I could care less about Virginia Tech, but I mean, it's still it was us against them, and that that was the most exciting game for me is beating them and beating them. I mean, at the end of the game, they showed respect. So <laughs> yeah, that was wow. uh, that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, you got you got to show respect for the guys that come yeah. in and uh, for the underdogs who come in and knock you down. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and then um, for them to come back last year and beat the real, the uh, real Virginia Tech in their big house. Oh yeah, on that last minute field goal that never should have been a field goal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, when the good Lord helps you, that's kind of good too. So yes, sir. Well, Mr. David. Uh, I just want to say uh, personally for me and on behalf of me and Joe, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time today to talk to us. But before we get off here, could you, uh, is there anything you want to say about Liberty football or do you want to give us a go flames or something? Uh, I expect them. I love coach freeze. He reminds me of our first coach, coach Royer. When I listen to his pep talks and everything like that, um, he's got a, he's a great offensive um, guru and, uh, so boys, just uh, go get those Trojans because they're gonna—they're not gonna lay down. You gotta—you <laughs> gotta go in there and beat them. I hope that you enjoyed that segment as much as Bird and I enjoyed bringing it to you, Bird. That I mean, it was crazy, right? It was like talking to a real life, like part of college football history. 
man, it it was insane because this the stories that they like we honestly we could have been on this podcast for three hours with him, man. Like it's insane. Like he wanted to talk and you could tell that there was just so much that we didn't get a chance to just uncover with him. Oh, for I mean, big shout out to David for coming on so generous with his time. Um, I mean, I am still rooting for Liberty to lose this game 70 to nothing if possible. Um, but I am, I am very, very impressed with the ambassador that came for the know your foe segment. Um, you know, and he's got a lot of confidence. Unfortunately, bird. Uh, I feel like I know why he has a lot of confidence. They have a very, very good team. Um, I doubt when we get our friend from ULM on in two weeks that they're going to be as confident. Uh, but <laughs> if they have the kind of story that our friend David just had, um, this is going to remain the number one unofficial Troy football podcast in Germany for a long time. All right. So now that we've done that segment, it comes up uh, to what I think is the reason, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this. If they're messy, if they're looking to spill the tea, uh, news has started to spread. People know towards the end of the podcast, it becomes a, around the time for the TroyFans.com. Molten Lava Hot Take of the Week. Are you ready, Birdman? I don't think I'm ready, man. You, I can I can go ahead and tell you, you are not. <laughs> uh, the very first TroyFans.com Molten Lava Car Radiator Hot Take of the Week. It was a long one. It had a lot of words in it. Uh, it, it needed a lot of separate syllables to radiate that heat. Today's TroyFans.com hot take of the week. It's it's a more it's a much simpler pleasure because it's when one of the oracles over at TroyFans.com brings down that raging hellfire heat with just a few simple strokes of the keyboard. So follow me if you will in your mind, to a thread where Troy fans are reacting to a 55-3 win over Southern. And in fact, some fans getting excited, you know, thinking, hey, maybe this team we've got now can compete against Liberty, you know? Maybe we can, maybe we should be, you know, only three-point underdogs. Maybe we can keep it within a touchdown. In comes... The heat miser who brings this take and only this liberty by 14 plus. <laughs> okay. Now, look, the thread's dead now. All you can do is just, I mean, you can try to react to that heat, like in the same way you can try to react to Thanos snapping his fingers, <laughs> but like. There's no use. That guy just murdered all the good feelings you had about this program because he reminded you that in his mind, Liberty's about to come in here and just take advantage. Mm. And for that, we thank you, Mr. Anonymous. TroyFans.com, hot take of the week, winner. (laughs) Uh, Bird, Saturday, 6 p.m., our Troy University Trojans are playing David's Liberty Flames. 
You have do you want to give any parting shots? Any uh how are you feeling about the game? You nervous, you excited? Well, I'm a little bit of both. Uh, I'm excited because it's Troy football. I'm nervous because this is the this is the same Liberty team we've struggled with in the past couple of years. We always we get to these guys and for some reason we just forget what how to play football. I felt like this past week against Southern Troy's defense was freaking incredible, man. Like I, I mentioned this earlier, but Southern literally had negative rushing yards. And I was really like I, I said it in the last podcast episode. If our defense can hit somebody and make some open field tackles, we're going to stop those boys on the line. And we did that, man. And this, all the recruitment efforts and everything they put into this, I really, really feel like this is the Trojan team to defy all odds this season. But my biggest thing is going into this weekend, I really hope the boys put in the work to make sure that they were looking forward because if this team, this experienced team knows anything – they know that they cannot look past this game and because this is this is one of those games that is going to define the season. Uh, so I honestly feel like if we can beat Liberty in any similar way as we did Southern this weekend, I'm optimistic this is going to be a big season for the chip ship. All truths there. Um, we are about to play a team that if that team was in the Sun Belt, they would likely be – picked to either win or be the runner up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how good Liberty is right now. And if we beat that team, um, that's going to tell us a lot, you know, because you have a lot of people right now looking at this Troy squad and saying like, you know, Hey, game against Louisiana, uh, fins down, you know? Um, but if you beat Liberty, all of a sudden you've got to reconsider a lot of those picks um, because Louisiana is not better than Liberty. Not in any way. I don't know that App State's better than Liberty. Um, so really we have an unusually advantageous position here. Um, I, I believe in this team. I'm really, really excited about what, by what I saw last Saturday. Um, I was really excited about the way the fans showed out. I hope the fans will come out again 6 p.m. on Saturday on Patriot Day for uh, Military Appreciation Day, for the flyover, for the giant flag. Um, I mean, there will be no more American spot to be on Saturday than Veterans Memorial Stadium. So I hope people will come out, get loud, and help this Troy squad beat Liberty and really make a statement. Um, All right, Bird, thank you so much for your time. We want to thank a million times over David for coming on, talking to us about his uh, Liberty University Flames football experience. And as always, we want to thank the godfather of the whole Troy boys experience, Seabass, who went ahead and gave us the big fins up to go ahead and record tonight, even though he couldn't make it. Uh, Bird, thank you so much, my friend. Will I see you on Saturday? My brother is getting married Saturday, so I won't be there, but I'll be in spirit, my dude. Bird, quit being friends with your brother. Pro tip. All right, my (laughs) friends, you will see me if you're in Troy. If you're not in Troy, be watching, be cheering. This has been... Troy boys.